0: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. It's only a kick. A jump. A block.
1: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. We're brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network, which you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. You can find us on Twitter, at BackdoorCutShow, and also don't forget to check out The Barn Burner online. That's the-barnburner.com for all your Grizzlies coverage. Today will be an episode like we have not had in a long time, because guess what? The Grizzlies have won three games in a row, something that we cannot say has happened in a long time. But before we get started, a note from our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon which is an artfully crafted small-batch bourbon made in the heart of Memphis to reflect the blues of the Bluff City. Blue Note, as smooth as Mike Conley icing the game on Dame Lillard with 40 points. Blue Note, be noteworthy, Memphis. Now let's get it. He hit this last 3 part. He got me hype.
0: I'm here to stay. Hey, this is the Eastside Johnny Big Redemption light. Like. You know what I'm talking about? Hold oh, up. Whoa, 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 whoa. But they're not gonna rook us. Take that for that. We Win. Win, 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 win. Curve everything else. Win, 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 win. Like I said, you never know what you're gonna get when you come to the gym. We got a fire burner here. Big J Rocko on 10 10 10 10.
1: Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. This is Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnBurnerBro. And I'm here with two fellow Happy Grizz fans because guess what? This team is fun to watch again. Hallelujah. A <laughs> little too little too late, but we are putting up a fight down the stretch and it is giving fans a reason to go to games, reason to tune in, and gives us more to talk about. So that for that, we are thankful. Rich, how are you today?
0: Dude, I'm great. Like you said, it's three in a row. Shit, it should be four if Mike played in OKC. Like, you know, too little, too late, but man, they're fun to watch. Shit, like I love this team, like already. I feel like one of those people who like got into a relationship too fast and like is just falling hard. But like these new guys, like I fucking love them. Like, shit. Fuck. I'm I'm excited. It's lit again.
1: It's lit even without Mr. Litness himself. Without Mr. Litness. <laughs> Mason, man, how you doing out in Cali?
2: Man, I'm good. Just great to see the fan base reinvigorated. Mike Conley going for a career high 40 this past week. Has a real claim to his first ever NBA Player of the Week award. Um, he couldn't get it this year. I think his only competition is James Harden. They both went 3-0. and uh, Mike averaged 31 points. Eight, eight assists and four rebounds. He was a plus 13.7 on the week. Uh, come on, NBA. Make Mike Conley your player of the week. And uh, also, shout out to the Memphis Tigers headed into the conference tournament. Let's go, baby. It's March Madness in Memphis. Let's get it.
1: And I think Mike's also, I think Grizzlies PR tweeted after the game against Orlando, which wrapped up like an hour-ish ago, that over these past three games three or four something like that he's averaging 15 points in the fourth quarter wow yeah that's nuts i mean
2: that's what that's what we've known him to do i feel like he's always been a clutch scorer but 15 points in the fourth quarter that's that's pretty ridiculous against playoff teams too at that um with portland utah and then orlando's fighting to make it in the east so but definitely two teams right there in the thick of it in the west and mike conley just one gave dame lillard the business like he always does and two made utah a little salty probably for not being willing to give up freaking
1: dante exome for mike conley fuck out of here utah jazz (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a dumb move on their part (laughs) we were uh the chief and i were sitting next to some fans uh, so there was a lot of Utah fans in the, in the lower bowl the other day, what, but they were, they were like the most polite fan, as you would probably assume they would be like the most polite fans. They were kind of rowdy at the beginning, but then just like were not obnoxious at all during the rest of the game. But one of them uh, mentioned, he was like, yeah, I really wish we'd have gotten Mike. Cause clearly he was tearing them apart the other day on Friday night. And a big reason why Memphis beat Utah then. And just like, why do we not give up X? like, why is that a big deal? Why did, Mm -hmm. is that what everything got hung up on? But hey, I mean, at this point in time, it's hard to, I, I I think I said it last week, but I just cannot root against, root against our guys. You know, I'm hoping we get to the convey just because it is so much easier to root for good basketball than bad basketball. I don't know if that's like the lazy way out, but. That's kind of where I'm at right
2: now. I mean, so now we're at the point where we can have a real conversation about conveying the pick. I think before, you know, this past week and winning three in a row, it was basically just a pipe dream of, like, hoping it was going to happen. And now seeing the team playing well, competing against mid-tier NBA teams, that's becoming a real possibility to climb to that ninth spot. Rich, what
0: do you think? You thinking we're going to convey it now? Yeah, man. Um, so first and foremost, like I just have to get some apologies off of the board. A few <laughs> weeks ago on this very here podcast, I, Richard Mead, sat here and was salivating over Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors <laughs> and fucking Dante Exum. <laughs> just sending Mike to Utah, man. And shame on me. Shame on me. I was wrong. Mike, <laughs> you shut me up. I appreciate you. I love you. I never stopped loving you and you were just hooping your ass off and I appreciate you being a leader for our guys and just showing up like each and every day uh really embodying you know that Grizz culture so first and foremost let me get that apology off of my chest because that's been sitting weighing on me um so now back to your question Slim uh shit man right like I think even last week on this on this same show like That wasn't a conversation. We were like, okay, we were talking draft picks. We were talking NCAA tanking, you know, Duke's trio, et cetera. And, like, now you're looking up and this team, one, is playing fun basketball, but, two, they're also really playing together, like, as a team. It seems like everyone kind of is playing their role, playing their position, and it's a very, like, equal opportunity offense, whereas – and also Mike is just able to be that clutch fourth-quarter scorer, uh, which, you know, he's always pretty much been – um, so I, I I think, you know, this would be a great year like still to convey that pick. Um, and I think you posed a question earlier, Slim, where if we convey the pick, does that mean that we want to see the Grizz not do so well next year? So, so here's
1: something on that. So let's say we do get the ninth slot. So that means we either get uh, pick one through four or ninth or worse. So we either convey or get a top four. So really – it could be best case scenario to get a top four, but what that does is it guarantees we don't get that like five through eight range, which Mm -hmm. who knows what we could do there. So that's kind of like the not as exciting landing in that five through eight is not as exciting and kind of like we could really screw it up and just like waste, waste a first round pick. But if we get, you know, the top four or we convey it, then I feel like that is much more comfortable to me. And then maybe we do get someone that we can add, and then convey next year when we finish, you know, better than that, better than we're doing this year. So I think that is probably the, 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 like logic behind it, I guess. Yeah. So
2: are you guys willing to run it back with this team next year, assuming JV opts into his player option and um, say, we keep Avery around for the, I believe 10 million is what he's owed. Um, would you guys be willing to run it back with Mike Conley next year and Kind of play it up to the trade deadline or whether you're going to keep Mike or not. Um, seeing if this team has a chance to, you know, just be in the playoffs, six through eight seed, maybe something like that. How you guys feel about that?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I'm, I'm down to run it back. Uh, I think, you know, one, first and foremost, I think JV is up for like a 17 million dollar player option next year. Um, which I'm, I'm highly certain I would hope that he, you know, I would think that he's going to opt into that. Um, and when you think about this basketball now, like we're doing this without Jaron, without Kyle, uh, without two very like important uh, young cornerstones that the Grizzlies have invested in. So with this roster now um, with their continuity, and then you're integrating Jaron and Kyle back into the mix, I, I would definitely be down to see the Grizz running back and see what happens. I forgot what the
1: question was.
2: Uh, so basically, are you down to run it oh, back? Yeah, with yeah. This team yeah I was thinking of my response or, and then I thought of something now, else. I feel like you, you might be from the school of let's tank to get a, the better draft pick.
1: No, so someone actually on, after this game, I, I was tweeting something about Mike and they were like, Memphis will not trade him now. And I was like, ah, I still think that it's very possible, maybe the better decision to trade him at some point, but that might even be I'm almost willing to like wait till the trade day trade deadline to see like what's up at that point. That gives us a larger sample size. I think seeing what we've seen over the past past few weeks kind of decreases the sense of urgency that we would normally have or we previously had to trade him during the summer. Like I don't think that the pressure is there as much, and that holding on to him, you know, till the trade deadline if he's able to play anywhere near what he's playing or really like play at the level that he's played at for any year that he's been healthy then we can still get a pretty decent return. Assuming at that point we're like, okay, we're not a playoff team. What we thought we had was not good enough. So I'm not opposed to that today. So, I mean, if we go out and lose like four games in a row and he plays <laughs> terribly, then that's going to change again. Probably. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now. Okay. What about this scenario? <laughs> Say we play it out next season and we, sneak into the playoffs as an eight seed Mike is putting up the same numbers he's putting up this year. Um, and then we re-sign him on a team friendly deal for three years, like 10 million a year, because we've already taken care of him on this supermax deal that he's already gotten. Is that a scenario in which you'd be okay with? And then Mike kind, Mike kind of playing the Tony Parker role of fading into the background, um, towards the back end of those last three years Or do you think we need to cash in While they're getting as good Either mm-hmm. one of you
0: guys. I think for me personally um, Like if it were to come to that point You know, like you said We've already kind of taken care of Mike I think we we got to get what we can um, You know, I think the Spurs had that luxury Of continued success To where they were able to Kind of usher in that new era While still remaining competitive um, but I know for the Grizz, like, you know, San Antonio small market as well, but definitely the Grizz, we think about it, um, as far as us being able to attract talent and retain talent, uh, I think while Mike still has some value, if it were to come to that, um, I would definitely still shop him and see what we could get.
1: I think in that scenario, even if you were to sign him to some deal, like you mentioned, that you would still for sure be willing, like you wouldn't expect for him to last the whole contract in Memphis, that if you, the opportunity came up for you to trade him off at, at whatever deal he's at, that you would probably look into that.
2: Yeah, so I maybe
1: mean. not necessarily keeping him till he's like, what is he going to be, like 35 or whatever at that point.
2: Yeah, just just something to think about. Another possible scenario. Trying to think of a way to keep our boy around, um, just, since he's uh, doing all yeah. these
1: right now. You know, <laughs> he sure is. He he, but he is not. He's not the only one who's out there crushing it. Uh, a lot of guys. Uh, Delon Wright had a career night the uh, earlier this week. Avery Bradley has really found his stroke recently. He's having you know offensive numbers that he's not had in a long time. Some of his numbers are career numbers right now. Valanciunas is like a walking double double. I mean, Noah's come back from the dead, and he's a integral part of a mid-range jump shot celebrations <laughs> for the league. I mean, come on! Did you guys see his double double finger pistol celebration when he hit his mid-range jumper against on Friday?
0: Hell yeah! Like, just his personality <laughs> is like getting us national coverage. Like. He's being like covered on Bleacher Report and like NBA, like Yahoo, like those things are being like retweeted and recirculated. Like we've just never kind of had a personality like him on the roster. And, you know, you just no matter what, you know, up and down the court, like Joe Kim's going to do something that's just going to, you know, set the house on fire each night. Like he's just he's just lit as hell.
2: Yeah. And I mean, he's averaging 12, eight and four assists since the all-star break. And he's just, it couldn't have worked out any better right now. I mean, it could have worked out better if, you know, our team hadn't fallen off the fucking tracks months ago and sucked for so long. But uh, just him now, along with Valanchunas, who I think is averaging 20 and nine on like 62% shooting from the field is Valanchunas. I I think, I guess this is a true statement when I say he is the most grisly player since Zach Randolph, uh, well, offensively, you know, he just, just a like bulldog a down there, yeah. he just gets to the basket whenever he wants to, or he's gonna, you know, die trying. And by that, I mean, put up some crazy ass shit that doesn't really go in, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like he, he's not a, he, much like Zach, he's not willing to pass it out that much once he gets <laughs> to them. But, you yep. know, big fella, go get your buckets. You work hard and yeah, uh, you reward us with plays like in the Magic game earlier today when he met who was at Aikwondu at the rim with like two minutes to go a play that completely changed the tra- trajectory of the game. Mike Conley comes down, hits a, a floater and one, and then Valanchunas, I think, gets a steal on the pick and roll the next possession and leads to another score, um, which helped us seal the game. And the game just had no energy. Joe Kim had just fouled out. Um, Valanchunas really came in and won it on the defensive end. Um, but, yeah, his offense, man, it, it's fun to watch, and it, it really reminds me of Zebo. In the most respectful way
0: possible. <laughs> so I have a question for y'all. I have a question right. for y'all, man. So right. what do you all think about the job JB's done, like post All-Star break, kind of guiding the franchise, guiding the team through, you know, a lot of the trade rumors and whatnot and kind of integrating the new guys? What What about uh, JB? What are y'all thoughts on that?
1: Hmm, that's, that's good. A lot of the spotlight has been on the players uh, since then. I think... Uh The Parsons getting a lot of minutes early on was kind of frustrating. <laughs> it's like he's literally just like not doing Like yeah. he's just going up and down the court pretty much. He's not able to really contribute to the team. So that was kind of frustrating, but his minutes have been scaled back some and it seems that he is kind of tightened up the rotation a little bit, has a better flow. I mean, it's, the ability to sit mike and, and shelvin mac not be the one handling the ball you know that has to be very helpful that makes a coach look good any day <laughs> just have, having shelvin mac as your primary ball handler coming off the bench does not do did not do him any favors um but i really haven't i haven't thought too much about it so i don't want to like say one way or another really
2: well, and that's that's usually a sign that the team is playing well, right? All the credits yeah. going to the players and no one's mentioning the coach. We only mention the coach when shit's hitting the fan and we're like,
0: what the what the fuck is this guy? Or doing? you have
1: like <laughs> super random players who are doing well. So
2: and it's usually like this maybe the coach isn't doing bad. He just doesn't have the resources available to perform well. <laughs> like and, and that was the case with JB's team from you know the attitude in the locker room to just I mean the the whole demeanor of the team has completely changed since a month ago Thanks. since right before the trade deadline like these guys everyone is hyped up um you know high-fiving each other it's just on to the next play after a mistake is made we're going to get a stop i believe we're we got the number 1 defensive rating since the all-star break so yeah man kudos to JB wow, he he definitely looked like he was on the chopping block um midway through the season and with the help of his players who are playing really well right now he he you know looking like he's going to earn, earn another year we'll see there's so much uncertainty in the you know front office going into the summer who knows what can happen um, we, we we're no strangers to firing coaches with and without success so <laughs> his day of reckoning is still to be determined but Avery Bradley gave him a lot of credit in the post game today. They asked him, you know, what he attributed his success to since joining the Grizzlies, and he said it was all JB um putting him mm-hmm. in in the positions to score and, you know, just getting him getting him in the right mindset. So some inter- interesting stuff coming from a guy who is, you know, looking like a rejuvenated player in his career.
1: Yeah, hopefully JB's taken his lumps and has learned from it and is kind of moving forward. That'd be I mean, that'd be awesome. I want nothing but for him to like work out and us not to fire a coach and to keep someone for a long time.
2: Yeah. And he seems genuine and like a really great dude. So I, I'd love to keep him around too, but yeah. you got to produce.
1: All right? Keep winning JB. That's all we need, dude. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> I don't see a problem. <laughs> I mean,
2: this is a, you know, above 500 ball club since the all-star break and we beat Portland and Utah. We were right there against OKC granted. We've had some bad losses, Chicago, Cleveland. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you could kind of look back now and say maybe they were just figuring things out, you know, coming right out of the break. But, you know, all in all, things are looking 10 times better than we were.
1: Yeah, ain't that the truth. Things were not good. Uh, I know we mentioned earlier Kyle Anderson is out. They're going to reevaluate him in two weeks, so that probably means, yes, he's probably out. (laughs) Because that's yeah. just like yeah. the <laughs> the standard like Grizzlies PR thing is everyone's evaluated in two weeks, you know?
2: I mean, that's, that's kind of scary, a, a shoulder injury, though, that apparently is, you know, from the past, has came back to haunt him again. So got him out with that, dealing out with that big toe injury and Jaren with the quad bruise. So three guys who, coming into the year, you expected to play mega minutes. And it'll be interesting to see how we can fit them back in, where where they fit in with these new guys, assuming everyone's back next year. But I mean, if if you bring everyone back as is, then you're talking about a team that I think is right on par with the Los Angeles Clippers talent wise
1: and the ability to be, you know, a five through eight seed in the playoffs. That's probably the, a good comp. The the Clippers just a bunch like a conglomerate of good basketball players. Or the Pacers maybe, you know, pacers. another another group. Yeah, Which definitely.
2: Never a bad problem to stockpile talent and have multiple guys who can play multiple positions. So, you know, just being able to do this without three guys who are probably in our top 7 or 8 um talent-wise is is impressive.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think I mentioned earlier, like, you know, all the success they're having, like, Sands, Jaren, and Kyle. And I forgot to even mention Dylan. Like, I completely forgot about Dylan. He's been out for long. Uh, But I think, you know, if they run it back next year and these guys come back healthy as well, like, you're talking about, you know, I'll make sure to look at those depth charts. Like, I think we might actually kind of be low-key deep. I mean, you just give one of those guys Chandler's
2: 18 minutes a game and, (laughs) like, the fucking efficiency (laughs) on court, like, (laughs) explodes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i don't hit he, he's toned back his minutes recently hadn't he it didn't didn't feel like he's playing as much at least i haven't looked yeah and
2: he's playing more in the first half and not playing in the second half it's yeah. it's really almost courtesy minutes is what it's, mm-hmm. it's not what it seems like it's what it is the guy so bad, he's shot he, he made a three today he can still stretch the floor but he just can't move i mean he is a smart basketball player so it's not Absolutely killing you when he's out there, but if you had someone serviceable with decent athleticism, you would want to give them the nod if you were, you know, not just playing favorites. Yeah,
1: one thing that can knock on JB is him. Is Parson? Parson. Yeah, that may or may not be like his choice. I don't know. Another thing about Parson, he telegraphs his passes. Yeah, Mm. it it looks like he's looking for about three seconds, and he takes a step towards that player. Then he rears the ball back, then he bounce past as it like three people have just converged on it at that point.
2: Oh, there was that clip going around of like his his career in Memphis in a nutshell, and it was him doing that exact thing. Oh. The <laughs> most obvious pass. And like the dude just like grabbed it. Like, appreciate that, bro. And then he like runs back down and I think fouls the guy for and one um you know he just he's not he's a serviceable offensive player but he should should not be soaking up minutes in the nba and if we had dylan or jaron or you know kyle playing those 20 minutes that he sometimes gets you just got to think of how much better this team would be and makes what we're doing right now even more impressive yeah that would be a lot
1: more fun <laughs> <laughs> i would like to see that you're right i just throw bruno out there just uh, give me more bruno yeah, like the way he meets how people you, how at the you
2: rim. Feeling about Bruno, he because he, he hasn't been the same like wetting up threes from
1: deep. But are you still pleased with the other intangibles he's bringing? I think personally, I am. Whenever he's out there, I'm like, okay, like something's gonna something's gonna happen. I feel like, and he's always he plays bigger than he is down low, which is something that's like kind of cool. Because I saw it today in the Magic game, the post players get like. Sp- are like, Hey, this guy's a little smaller than me, but they're not like taking into account his wingspan. So they're trying to take it up against him, And he's just like, no, not happening.
0: Yeah. It's just something
1: you don't, it's really versatile. And I, I don't have anyone to like compare it to, I
0: guess yeah i think like regardless of you know with the shot falling or not like i just love when bruno's out there i mean of course like he was you know fighting for his nba life on those 10 days um and you know now he's kind of got a little security um based on his performance and i think similar to what bro was saying uh i think he just impacts the game in so many ways like his length is just something that you don't really see that often like he's just you know uh, a super long guy who can guard, you know, guys smaller than him, bigger than him. And he's going to always positively impact the game when he's on the floor. Um, he seems to uh, really, you know, want to take that shot, want to become that knockdown shooter. And uh, I think that's going to come with time. Uh, but I think Bruno's just, you know, also one of those guys who's just happy to be here, man. Uh, and I enjoy seeing him ball out. So
2: are you guys telling me he could be our version of Giannis? Uh, oh shit! <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs>
0: like he's gonna come back swollen as hell, baby. like fucking jacked. What oh. like, not- do you mean, sir? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, man did that say something fun. i said let
0: me tell you that
2: just just poking fun man there was an article going around from one of the blog sites com- comparing him to giannis so
0: you fucking serious <laughs> oh shit um but yeah d-
2: definitely an interesting guy and the more minutes the better for him to close out the season
0: yeah
2: um let's to close out the season we've got what 14 games left and we're t- currently 28 and 40 um so we you know we trying to come on back up man we we can finish 42 and 40 still there's still a chance to finish above 500 um, however our 538 projection has us finishing 33 and 49 um, we're a half game currently behind the Mavs we're even with the Wizards we're three games behind the Lakers and a game and a half behind the Pelicans so all four of those teams kind of within reach as we close out, because with the Lakers being three yeah. games up, but they're everyone's hurt. Yeah, they don't <laughs> so have a LeBron. team right They're now.
0: going, like, it, it's a wrap for the Lakers. Like, we can definitely I mean, pass them.
2: And the Pelicans, you got to think at some point they're going to shut Anthony Davis down and just, like, be like, bro, it's not worth it. Like, just sit out. Um, so only a game and a half behind them. And then we got two games with the Mavs and a big one with the Wizards. What is that? Next Saturday um so only two games next week we got the hawks on wednesday and then the wizards on saturday kind of a quirk in the schedule we, it's a, a lot of time off so uh a chance... probably
1: because uh aac tournaments in town
2: yeah but we could go so, on the road i mean it would have been nice to have yeah. this break when we were getting our ass kicked repeatedly <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> <in January.
1: laughs> Well, we just need to call like midseason audibles. And be like, no, uh, you know, we'll just take our days off now. How about <laughs> right, right. It's a sick day. <laughs> yeah, it's a sick day. <laughs> a, a submitted day, to the like, league we'll, office. We'll make it up.
2: Yeah. Uh, but we only the, our strength of schedule in those remaining fourteen games is fifteenth. So right in the middle of the league, uh, Minnesota's got the fifth sh- strongest schedule, and they're right there with the Lakers, three games above us, and. Uh, the Hornets are a team we could catch, and they're eight, Lakers are 10, and the Mavs are 12. So um, some tough schedules in front of us for those teams in front of us that could help us to convey this pick. Yeah,
0: it's Definitely. like the
1: season within the season kind of at this point.
0: Yeah, and I think Carl Towns went down yesterday too. Uh, oh, did he? Yeah, some at the end of the game, like his knee like buckled or some shit like that. So I think they're waiting on the MRI for him tomorrow. Oof. So they're probably going to sit his ass down too.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're not making the playoffs. So. Exactly.
0: They just let D-Rose go get 60 every night. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. I'm down Free for
1: that. Is, uh, are the Lakers, are they going to play LeBron all the way through, or what do you think is going to happen there, Rich? I know you probably got – you're on the pulse there, I would assume.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I saw a report, I think, came out this weekend uh, where somebody came out and said like they were going to start managing his minutes. Um, so I couldn't foresee him playing like more than 30, 32 minutes a game. I think at this rate, I mean, cause it's just, it's just a shit show out there, man. You know, BI is out for the season. Now Lonzo was shut down. Um, Coos is out with the an ankle injury, um, which I think if that doesn't show improvement, they're just going to sit him too. And actually Josh Hart is actually playing through knee tendonitis right now. Um, so he's That's playing, through, yeah, he's playing through some fucking tendonitis. He he came out and said like he doesn't want to give up on the team or quit on the team. I'm like, bro, like y'all aren't going to the playoffs, like it's okay. But you know, Josh Hart, he's he's a fighter. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's crazy, man. Like, and then you look up at all the young talent who leaves the Lakers, and then they go on to like just be hooping. Like you got D'Lo in Brooklyn, like killing it. Julius Randle and the Pelicans, you know, walking double double. Um, it's crazy. So I definitely think, you know, the, the Grizz def have a chance of kind of up in the Lakers because uh, I think LeBron probably has like 13 movies to film this summer. So he's focused <laughs> on that shit. Like, he's not worried about this fucking season, man.
2: Yeah, they've they've officially reached that point in the year where it's OK to like just go all in on the tank they they have nothing left um so it'll be interesting to see what they do in the off season because it's not necessarily the young guys other than other than those injuries to those guys that's been their problem it's Mm -hmm. like the rondos and the lance Lance. and javel and tyson chandler and uh kcp yeah kcp it's like all these veteran guys who just aren't that good at basketball Uh, (laughs) (laughs) they're the problem
0: (laughs) all the guys that they went and signed to like one year deals after they signed LeBron and everybody was just sitting there like what the fuck are y'all doing like exactly these people
2: yeah so uh if you guys since we don't have any rooting interest in the playoffs um you know with LeBron not being in it the Grizzlies not being in it uh, referring to myself as a LeBron fan um who what what teams do you guys are you going to be rooting for to see advance throughout the playoffs and make a run at the finals? Well, let's go one East and one West, each of you.
1: All right. So I think for East Raptors uh, with Gasol on there, um, I I want to see Milwaukee is really fun to watch, but I just want to pull for Mark. So I would have to pick the Raptors in the East and then in the West Probably would go with the Thunder, just because it's kind of been a while, and they've got the like, they've got the talent, and Stephen Adams is on that team. I don't know if you guys know, but um, I appreciate Stephen Adams as a basketball player. Oh, so we know. I, I, <laughs> I'd like to see them go pretty far. I think that would be interesting.
0: Huh, that's tough, man. Uh, for me, like, if in a perfect world, for me, like, I would love to see the young Kings get in there um they're still scrapping right now so i'm not sure if they're gonna make it so if i'm thinking of who's eligible now uh just like zach said i'm thinking the thunder um just seeing i don't think i've seen russ make that long run in a while and like you got pg um just playing lights out out of his mind right now and i think this could be a year where if all those cylinders click i would love to see a golden state okc like matchup because i just think like you know, that shit could probably go down to the wire. Um, So definitely OKC in the West. Uh, For the East, you know, shout out Mark, but I think I would love to see Philly. I'm going to go with Philly. Um, Just because they really went all in this year Um, Mm. and they've got some decisions this summer they got to make with Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. So I'm interested to see this this vaunted, like, starting five that they've kind of constructed to see how, who when the playoffs when the lights come on like who's going to end up being like the man for Philly in the playoffs you know who's going to get you know the most shots per game is jimmy going to be okay being the third option the fourth option is ben simmons going to shoot a 15 foot jump shot if he's wide open like just so many different things that I'm very excited to see take place so I'll go with Philly and OKC
2: yeah and I, those are my two teams who I would choose as well but for the sake of the show I'm going to go with two <laughs> teams that I'm rooting against uh, uh. The playoffs. and my western conference team is the portland trailblazers i'm rooting against them i think i just don't think they're that good they're a decent regular no. season team yeah. and they sneak yeah. into a good position but i just want to see them break it up uh see dame and cj on, on some other teams maybe even see dame in la on mm-hmm. in the lakers um but i really like cj's game so i'd be interested to see him with you know, a more traditional pairing other than point guard, shooting guard. So I'm rooting against them. Also rooting against the jazz just because, um, but <laughs> anyways, uh, and then They're in the harmless East, <laughs> in the East, I'm rooting against the Boston Celtics. I I, I want to see this thing blow up <laughs> oh, as, yeah. oh, hell yeah. as possible. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, there would be nothing better. I mean, Boston's won what two championships this year already uh, with the, the Patriots. And I think that did they win the world series this year. They won something else.
0: I, <laughs> I think, I think they did. Yeah. Like Mookie bet. Shout out Mookie.
2: Man. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm rooting against the Celtics and the Portland trailblazers. Blazers. From round one until they Until they get put out but I'm, I'm thinking We're seeing early exits for both of those guys
0: Hey I just want to see Kyrie get fed up Like just, exactly. <laughs> just, fed up and just Fucking force his way somewhere Like and just be over this shit like
2: Well because when he goes somewhere that gives You another team that's interesting and right. Boston's still gonna have the talent So let's just get You know parody parody exactly. In the NBA <laughs> oh, Bro you remember from that 2k game When you were on the other side of the room that always used to talk about parody and college basketball <laughs> oh, you It's a beautiful agree. thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay yeah i
1: i totally agree portland's like a fake team like they're yeah. they're regular season good but the mm-hmm. dame and cj just can't get it done you know i think it may hurt kind of like mike and mark it's just like that those two guys are not enough to get yeah. it done. And so they also have you, you cancer have to change though. up stuff.
0: Like, very irritating. They have cancer on their roster now. which was also very irritating. So. Along with I, I, Along with Nurkic, who was also on my all-rich team. So shout out Nurk. But, <laughs> you know, that was like a, uh, a while back. So we ain't got to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you bringing up old shit?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. The Blazers, man. It's, it's good to see Mike Conley go at Dame Lillard. Every chance he gets. (laughs) Yeah,
1: those are his all-star games that he should have been in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh Mike Conley is in the 94th percentile of efficiency differential in the entire NBA. So he's been all season, he has been killing it, and one of one of the best players in the league. Um, you know, not just guards or anything like that, but overall one of the best guys in the league. It's amazing. We suck so
1: bad.
0: mac 11 man
1: what what exactly is efficiency differential like when he's on and off the court or exactly exactly okay. so we are
2: i think it's like eight points better with him on the court than when he goes off the court Okay, um, that takes into account offense and defense i mean that
1: passes the eye test
2: <laughs> joe exactly. is actually in the 92nd percentile so with oh. him too um, These those are the numbers that everyone was sending around about Avery Bradley being really bad so take mm. take them how you will but you know i po- i point out the highlights not the low lights <laughs> yeah i, th- I think Avery Bradley, Bradley.
1: <laughs> i think Bradley had such a small sample size and now as the sample size expands you know his the, i'm going to assume and we'll find out if the advanced metrics kind of mimic the like basic points assists rebounds face value stats But I would assume that they would start to mirror those a little better because we do seem to be better when he's out there with Mike, you know. So we'll we'll see with that.
2: For sure, for sure. We got anything else we want to hit on before we
1: get out of here? Nope, think I'm good on my end, you guys. I'm Gucci, man. All right.
2: Only two games this week. Uh
1: Hawks and Wizards. We get
2: push this thing to five straight wins, baby. Let's go, Groove.
0: Well,
1: we'll have to look up and see when the last time that one was. I pro I guess in November. Duh. Anyway. <laughs> good chance this week to tune into some college basketball, conference tournaments. That's all getting ramped up, so next month, next four weeks should be pretty awesome for Hoops fans. Yeah, go watch them
2: tigers at home, baby. They yeah. need all the support they can get. Let's win this thing.
0: Let's get that automatic bid.
1: All right. We'll see everyone next week. Peace. Later.
0: Later. Later.